Joined by Mike Bennett right now. You know him from his work with Ring of Honor, WWE, Impact Wrestling, all around the world, New Japan. We'll get into all of that. But uh, first and foremost, you have a pretty big match uh, coming this weekend. You and Matt Taven, the OGK, have a shot at the ROH World Tag Team Championship. You're going to get a crack at the foundation this week. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, life's good. I feel good. I'm very excited about this match. Um, I have uh, so much respect for Rhett just because of how long he's been in Ring of Honor. But Tracy is someone I've always wanted to get in the ring with. So I think that part of this match is the part I'm looking forward to the most. You know, besides the fact that we get to go for the, the, the tag titles, which we lost five years ago, um, I'm super pumped for this match. I just saw the promo uh, that Ring of Honor shared just talking about rewriting the ending to your story. This is, you know, another chapter to that story. You're getting the, the title match, uh, starting this part of the story the same way it ended with a tag title win. How important is it for you to, you know, not only come back, reunite with Matt, but kind of get the stuff with... Uh, Vinny and you know you that that's kind of your reintroduction to ring of honor the past year was uh, a very personal feud now this is very much about the titles what's it mean to you going into this situation where it's it's not as much of a personal issue and it's just really about to prove that you're the best yeah so this is like ever since I came back this is kind of one of the matches that I've been dying to have like you said we I came back and was instantly thrown into like this blood feud of Taven and Vincent and the righteous. And it's like, I said to Taven, I was like, I'd love to get in the ring just one time where someone's not trying to kill me or shank me or break my ankle and just have one of those matches that we used to have. Like, let's run it back. Like we used to have back in like 2014 and 15, where we can just go all out and go balls to the wall because it's like, that's what the kingdom was about. The matches with the Briscoes, the matches with the young bucks or the bullet club, that's what I feel like we, when we were at our best and like you, I came back, you help your, your friend out with what he's going through with Vincent, but to put that all behind you and to have this, it's like, this is what we were looking for. And to, like I said earlier, like to be in there with Rhett, who I have so much respect for, and then to get in there with someone with Tracy, who I've never been in there. It's exciting. And I think it's one of those matches that me and Taven have been like itching to have and really want to have. And now we finally have that opportunity. And then, you throw into the mix the fact that it's for the tag titles, which we kind of feel like we can kind of bring this story full circle by winning those titles where I left right after we lost, right after we lost them and Taven got hurt. So he kind of went on the shelf and it just, it kind of feels like you're writing a wrong. So you throw all that in and this, this match is really personal and has a lot of personal meaning to me, which I think is cool. And I think the fans will be able to tell. One of the other things I wanted to touch on, um, when you, when you came back, um, and I'm sorry, when you resigned, when you, you just, they announced your contract resigning, I thought it was really unique. And I thought it was, you know, a nice touch that they, they announced you and Maria separately. And, you know, you're, you're still obviously a couple and you built a brand in ring of honor before together and internationally, but now you're kind of doing your own thing. How important is it to 
you know, differentiate Ring of Honor and, you know, to an extent, your relationship with Matt, like the name is different, OGK, like how important is it for you to differentiate and make this new era for Mike Bennett stand out than, you know, the first time you were there when it was Mike and Maria or it was the kingdom, like. Yeah, no. So it's, it, I'm glad you actually brought that up because that um, the fact that the fact that they announced us separately meant a lot to me, like personally. And I know it meant a lot to Maria, but that was one of the things going into that. Like when I, when we decided to go back to ring of honor, that was one of the discussions that like, I had with Delirious and with the uh, with Ring of Honor management was this is how we want to do it. We're we're very much trying to go in this separately. Obviously, we're married. Obviously, we have a family. We're always going to be connected. But there are there's a certain time and place when you're like, you know what? It's time to try something new. It's time to reinvent yourself. Me and Maria have been doing Mike and Maria for ten years now, and it was one of those things where when we reached out to Ring of Honor. It was, again, it was a perfect fit because talking to Ring of Honor, talking to Delirious, that was exactly what he had in mind too. When I had talked to him, he was like, I want Mike Bennett and then I want Maria Kanellis and I want them to be two entirely separate entities and I want to bring you guys in and show everyone what you can do on your own. And that meant a lot to me. And I know when we decided to bring the kingdom back, it was one of those things where it was like, you know, we can do the greatest hits. We can, we can, we can do all that stuff. We can reunite the band. But what's going to make us different? Because over the past five years, I learned, I grew, I became a different wrestler. Matt learned, he grew. He won the Ring of Honor World Championship. He became an entirely different wrestler. So we were trying to find this balance of like, we need the greatest hits, but we need to sprinkle in some stuff. Like you said, let's change the name up a little, OGK. We don't have Maria with us. Okay, what are we going to do differently in the ring? How are we going to handle ourselves? How are we going to carry ourselves? Let's mix it up a little differently. And it's like, I'm really on a mission now to show everyone who Mike Bennett is, not just Mike Bennett and Maria Kanellis. I want to show them who I am, what I represent, the wrestler I became over the past five years. So all this stuff coming together is really, really important to me. And uh, I, I'm excited that Ring of Honor wants to do it with us and I don't have to fight them on it, where it's like, they're like, no, we genuinely, we want something different. Yeah. We want you to reinvent yourself. So it's really cool for me. Yeah, not to mention in, in between then, you know, you, you were the miracle Mike Bennett right. and you were Mike Canellis. Uh, I thought it was pretty interesting. Like, I know you, you said keep it and burn it with the trademark <laughs> the other day, but I've heard this about other names before. And I know the general idea was, you know, borrowing off of Maria's name and kind of right. that was the gimmick. But was it ever brought up to you that, Mike Canellis is easier to chant than Mike Bennett because it's like Mike Canellis. Like no, I, no, I never even thought of it. But that's you know, I to be be brutally honest, I don't think they go that far into it either. So I think you might be the only one. But it's it's. I've it's heard that from other point. people though. Before they were like, oh, we we want something that's like something that you can chant and something that can, people can remember and right. You know, I I just I've always wondered that, but. Okay. I don't, I think, I think they probably had a different idea in mind when they changed my name to Canellis. Um, I think there's probably, there's definitely logic to that. And I think the smarter minds in wrestling probably think that the names, the people that were coming up with this idea, I don't think were, uh, I don't think they were trying to, they weren't stretching the imagination that far. Yeah, fair enough. Um... <laughs> to put it nicely. 
one of the other things I, I really love about you and getting to see your journey is you put stuff out there. I love the motivational stuff. Um, and I'm kind of connecting the dots here, but um, I think it was in your, you just did an interview uh, with Kenny from Entrepreneur, Kenny Herzog. Yeah. And you yeah. said you were talking about failure is a good thing. Like, uh, shout out to Kenny. I love his work. Oh, he's great. I've corresponded for years. He's awesome. Yeah. Uh, but you said failure is a good thing. And then it kind of made me think of another comment you made. And I don't remember exactly where it was, but uh, you were just talking about leaving Ring of Honor was a big mistake you made professionally. So, I mean, thinking of it along those terms of trying to be positive and just kind of being, you know, you, where do you find the balance between then where you are okay with leaving, but accepting it for what it is. And, you know, I don't, I, I would say, I don't see it as a failure or I don't see it as being a mistake because, you know, you were making the best decision for yourself at the time. So, right. How would you respond to that? And like, where would you kind of, you know? So I think it's this idea of clearly at the time when you're dealing with stuff and you're, you're making the best decision at the moment, you don't think it's going to be a failure. You don't think it's going to be a mistake. I think my mindset go like the, the way I try to tell people is you need to, you need to have the courage and the, the, to be able to jump and to take those risks and make those decisions at the time even though in your head or your heart, you, you might be like, I could fail. But trusting that even if you do fail, it's not a big deal. You'll learn from it and you'll grow from it. And like, I agree with you 100%. I recognize that it might not have been the best idea to leave Ring of Honor five years ago. But on the flip side, I very much think it was a good idea in the sense that I learned and I grew and it taught me and it brought me to who I am today. So it's this idea of knowing that Leaving Ring of Honor was probably a failure, quote unquote, in the, the generic normal sense of what people consider failures. But if you really look at the bigger picture in the grand scheme of things, that failure has led me to where I am now. That failure has brought me happiness and success. That failure brought me back to wrestle with my best friend and brought me back to a company that I just truly appreciate. And I think without those moments and without those failures, I don't think you appreciate the different um, the different people in your life, the different experiences, the different companies. So what, when I try to connect the dots, it's have the courage to tell yourself this could end miserably, but I'm going to learn from it and I'm going to grow from it and continue on from there. And that's kind of like where I think failure is a good thing, because if you're afraid to fail, you're not going to take those risks. I had a, I had a very nice spot in ring of honor before I left and going to impact Everyone was like, oh, he's going to WWE the first time. And then when we showed up on Impact, everyone was like, why? Because Impact was kind of in a bad spot right at that point. But it's having the courage to be like, okay, Ring of, Ring of Honor has me in this spot. I have a nice spot. But that's kind of where they only saw me was in that spot. And I wanted more. So in order to go get more, you have to jump. You have to trust that you can fly. And if you don't fly, you're going to fall. But then you'll learn, okay next time I know not to fly that way. I got to fly a different way. And it's like, it's just taking these risks and taking these challenges and knowing that failure is not final. It's only, a, it's only a, a learning and a growing experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, 
I feel like for so long, like people maybe weren't against free agency, but, and right. I'm talking like from a fan perspective, but they were like, oh no, you're with this company. You should stay with this company. And it's like, now, I, especially now as like an adult, I understand like, you know, you're doing the best for yourself, like personally, financially, your family. And, you know, you could relate to other sports that way, like leaving for free agency, especially like baseball and people getting on LeBron James about going to the Lakers. And, right. You know, I was, I mean, I'm the, I used to be the same way when I was younger and you look at these guys and you're like, where's team loyalty lie and where's this and that, and where's this. And then you go, as you get older and you have kids and you have a family and you go, Oh, well, he probably made that decision because he has three kids at home and this and that, or he made this decision because his mom was sick and moving to that city would be better for him and his mom. Or like, you just start to grow and you learn everybody wants things to be black and white, but everyone lives in shades of gray. And once you learn that, it's like, you just got to make the best decision for yourself at that time and hope it works. And if not, like I said, you just take it as a failure and then you move on and you learn from it. And I feel like once you have that mentality of like, if you're not afraid to fail, there's really nothing you can't do because you're just like, okay, WWE will fire me. Okay. I'll just pick up my pieces. As long as you don't quit, as long as you don't stop. I mean, I was terrified when WWE fired me during the pandemic, but eventually you get to the point and go, I survived before without them. I'll survive again. You know, you just learn from all these experiences and, and yeah, I totally agree with you. Yeah. And you know what, not for nothing, but I think this was about a year ago. We talked like it was kind of soon after you got released, but you know, you carried yourself very well, if that's the right way to put it. Like you did not seem like panicked. You were like, you, you, you know, exhibited kind of the demeanor that you're actually explaining right now where you're like, okay, it's, you know, I'll pick myself up and figure out what to do next. And, you know, it wasn't, and I'm sure people, and that's not to say like people shouldn't react that way, like react however you need to or feel right. like I'm, but I just, it, it, it kind of connects, you know, seeing you then and then like hearing you say it now, like, you know, it kind of puts it in perspective. Like you, you yeah, and something else I, is coming next. Yeah, no. And I think it's one of those feelings where like you get to a point, I feel like this is where I'm at in my career, where you're just confident in what you bring to the table. You know what you, and, and, you know, the last three years at WWE, they play mind games with you. They make you feel like you're less than, and this and that. And like, that starts to leak in a little bit, but once you get to a point where you know what you bring to the table, when you've been doing this for 20 years, and then you've been doing it for 10 years on a national level, you get to a point where you go, okay, I know what I'm doing. I trust myself enough to know that if I get fired or things don't work out the way I wanted them to, I can still figure it out. Because I have all the knowledge up here. I've learned, I've grown, I've failed enough to have it up here to know that I'll eventually figure it out. It might take long and I'm not afraid to fail again. So I think once you get that mentality, you kind of put yourself in a place where you're like, do I want to be here in the middle of a pandemic? No, but since I am, I can probably figure it out. One thing you uh, might get to do, it, it remains to be seen. There's plenty of stuff that needs to happen. But as far as uh, the story that you wrote with Matt Taven, if I can call back to that, you know, the promo, um, you guys won the titles in Japan. Is that something that you're hoping for, setting up for? Is it just kind of like wait and see, like, 
you know, it's very, it's very much up in the air, but you know, that that's part of your story too. I remember, you know, you guys with the jackets and like that picture and that yeah. was a very big moment for you guys too. Yeah. And, and uh, it's a hoping for and waiting to see and putting it out in the universe. And like, it's one of those things where like, me and Matt both know that's where we want to go again. We want to do that, especially with where we're at now as, uh, you know, we're older, we're more mature. We have a different mindset about wrestling. Uh, I know for me, you know, I'm clean, I'm sober. It'll be an entirely different uh, Mike Bennett this time. But it's definitely one of those things that we we 100% want to do because I feel like when we won the, the tag titles at New Japan, that was kind of like affirmation and kind of like that moment where it was like, Oh, okay. These two are the real deal. Oh, new Japan, trust them. Okay. These two are the real deal. And so the fact that they did that for us, I just, I'd love to go. I'd love to go and return the favor. And selfishly, I want to go and work for new Japan because I think they're, they're freaking awesome. Like I just, I love everything they do. I want to go back there. Um, and now that I'm a dad, I want to take my kids over there. I want my, my daughter to see, I think she would love Japan. I want my son to see me wrestle in Japan. I think it'd be very cool. And I know, you know, I know Matt's definitely on the same page as I am. Yeah. It, it just, I mean, I'm looking back and just thinking about how much technology's changed, how much of an influence Japan has on domestic wrestling now, like, you know, following it at the time, it was like, oh yeah, they're going to Japan, but you couldn't really follow it as closely unless right. you either were, I'm, I'm going to date myself, but not tape trading, but like you <laughs> had to know trade, the yeah. right links and stuff. Like, you know, it wasn't like, oh yeah, New Japan has an app, just pay 10 bucks. Or stay up till like three o'clock in the morning to watch the iPay-per-view or whatever. Yeah. And it wasn't even in, I mean, some of it wasn't even in English guaranteed, but yeah. it's like I'm looking in it's like it's just crazy to see the influence because i i admit i didn't follow it as much as i do now but i still followed yeah. it enough where i was like you know i'm looking back like you guys got to work with bullet club beat them for the titles you got to work with uh shinsuke nakamura before he was in wwe and that was arguably like he was the guy back then or one oh, of absolutely so it's I mean, I hope it happens. And obviously on a personal level, like I relate to that stuff too. Like I want to take my kids all over the place and be like, right. oh, yeah, like I've been there before, or I yeah. want to be there for the first time with you. And, you know, it's cool to see. Um, it's really crazy to look back too that you, you know, that you brought it up and like, think about the stuff, like you said, it's the impact that new Japan and Noah and all these uh, Japanese wrestling companies have on the style of wrestling now. Like I've been doing the indies a lot. And when I talk to these guys and girls, that's who they watch. They're like, yeah, I watch Kenta. I watch Kobashi. I watch Misawa. I watch uh, Tanahashi, Okada. Like these are, these are the, and then you watch their matches and you go, oh yeah, you, you definitely wrestle. Like you, that's, that's clearly who you, you want to be. And to think that like, I had the opportunity to, like you said, Shinsuke and Ishii, I got to be on the same team as Okada. I got to wrestle Tanahashi in a singles match at, at the Hammerstein. Like it blows my mind that I was lucky enough to do all this. And like, now I want to do it again. So I hope I get that opportunity. Yeah. Um, one other thing I, I kind of wanted to mention was, um, you know, it, I, this is, I don't know if this is, again, it, it might just be me. It might be a general belief, but back then it almost felt like people were still trying to wrestle a WWE style to get 
like domestically speaking, like they're trying to work a certain style where now the influences, you know, all of like your generation and, you know, that group is, has already brought the Japanese style over domestically. So now it's, you know, almost like localized where it's not straight from Japan, but they're so making that connection instead of learning it after the fact, like, you're, you know, you point to yourself and Eddie Kingston and John Moxley or two other guys that you're seeing it do, you're seeing do it on AEW TV right now. I mean, the, the influence is right in your face. So it's really cool to see how things have grown where, you know, before it was like, oh, they have to have a working relationship with that company to have right. influence where now it's no, the influence is there because the talent have already done it and yeah and you can see that you can definitely see that on the indies where it's like these guys and girls that wrestle this style most of them have never been to japan and you ask them you're like oh well how did you learn or how did you do this and it's like like you said it's through these guys that had done it before it's through the moxley's and the kingstons and me and Taven and the you know the coles and the bullet club and all these guys that had gone over there and they're bringing it back and they're like no this is how they did it this is how they actually do it. We can teach you it, not just what you see on TV. You don't actually have to drop guys on their head left and right. Like we can actually teach you the style and how, how it, you know, the art form to it. And I think it's really cool. And I think, like you said, there was 100% this mindset that you still had to wrestle a WWE style, you know, domestically when I, you know, back then. Now it's not that way at all. Most of it, I just did a seminar on Tuesday. I asked the group, like, what are your dreams? What are your aspirations? And this isn't a knock, but not a single person said WWE, not a single person. Everyone was either AW, Ring of Honor or New Japan. And then a lot of them were, I just want to make a living on the indies, which I was blown away by. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, you can now. And so there is this mindset of like, people want to do it differently. And people, and I think there's a lot of guys and girls that paved the way, you know, the Colt Cabanas of the world that, you know, showed you. You can do this just on the indies or like the guys like the, the young bucks or the bullet club to show you, no, you can do, you can work for this company and then you can go to Japan and then you can come back and do this and this, and then go back to Japan. And like, I think there's just, I think there was a lot of guys from my generation in my circle that really set the tempo for where the industry is going to head. And I think that's really cool. Like I, I wear that with a badge of honor. I think that's really neat. I have two more questions. Sure. Uh, First one is related to, we're talking about different wrestling styles. Uh, Maria kind of mentioned this when I talked to her. She said you were interested in working pure division. Not looking past this weekend's match. Um, where, where, what's the interest level for you? Like, what is the appeal of pure rules? Like, obviously it was gone by the time you had your first run in Ring of Honor. So, you know, look, let's look at it as your tag team champion, Mike Bennett, and how, you know, how do you balance trying to work tag and enter the pure rules division? And you're, you're kind of getting a test this weekend against the foundation who are trying to purify ring of honor, bring it back. You know, that that's the mantra. So, you know, what, what's the appeal of the uh, pure division? The appeal is that it's uncomfortable. And I'm at a point in my career where uh, I want to try things that are uncomfortable so I can get better. 
Jonathan Gresham is one of the best wrestlers in the world. So having the opportunity at some point, hopefully, fingers crossed, to get in the ring with him, that would be awesome. Why? Because it's outside of my comfort zone. Being a tag team wrestler and a pure wrestler at the same time is out of my comfort zone. It's absolutely a place where I think people wouldn't expect me, or at least the fans that watched me in 2015 in that company wouldn't expect me to do. It's also a style of wrestling that I have been falling in love with over the past two or three years. When I got to WWE and I like I spent my entire career like okay, like you said, you got to wrestle this way, be a sports entertainer. And then my path took me in a completely different direction. I started doing New Japan. I worked for Ring of Honor. I learned all this 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 different style of wrestling. And then I got to WWE and I was like, oh, I miss that style. I miss that style. I miss the pure wrestling. I miss the hard hitting. Like I miss the the Kobashi matches, the Masawa matches. You know, I miss the Nigel McGuinness and the Daniel Bryan matches. Like I miss that. And that was what that is what essentially made me fall back in love with wrestling was going, no, you can have those matches. As long as you're not at WWE, you can go and you can have those matches. And it got me excited. It, it, it's actually what brought me into like really like falling in love and, and staying up. Maria will tell you, she's sitting right next to me. I'm up all night watching these old Nigel McGuinness, Brian Danielson matches like from like 2006 and just going crazy over them. I'm watching Kobashi and Masawa and going crazy over them. And it's like, it's really kind of brought this love for wrestling back that I really thought I was missing and that I needed. And I think the thing, I think the reason why I've fallen in love with it is because it's a different style and it's a style that I want to adapt and it's a challenge for me. And right now, after doing this for 20 years, finding a challenge in wrestling is really something that, that excites me and something that I want to do. So like, it's going to be tough, especially if we end up winning the tag titles, it's going to be tough to be a tag wrestler and join the pure division. But Taven is well aware of like what my goals are and my dreams are. And I'm well aware of what his are. And I think that's why we make such a good team. I always say to him, we're like, we're like the Avengers. We have our individual goals, but when it comes time for the team to come together, we'll do it. You know? Uh, final question. Uh, when we did this last time, it was, kind of like a pandemic playlist now it's just a watch list but uh you you spoke very highly of your work on 205 live especially with drake maverick you have a year of content to look at now so i'll pose the same question uh if people want a match or you have one in mind that's best representative of your work from last year to now or maybe one you just mention you know studying tape maybe there's one that you are finding inspiration from pure rules or whatever any matches come to mind that would best represent your work or what you're hoping to accomplish in ring of honor uh, um so i i think honestly um without giving too much away um this this tag match coming up is definitely something people should watch clearly everyone knows we're in a bubble we filmed it already um but this tag match is definitely one that I think people will go and go, oh, wow, that's not the Mike we, we, we remember. That is not the, guy, the same. I, I promise you, there will be moments in that match when you see and, and people will go, whoa, where did that come from? Um, that aside, matches that they can watch right away. I had a match with Tom Waller on, uh, from uh, Black Label Pro, which is one of my, it was one of like my first matches back on the indies. And it definitely represents that. And then there's another one against a guy named Mysterious Q, 
uh, from uh, Texas. And it's uh, New Texas Pro Wrestling. And you can watch it. They're on YouTube. So go just check them out. They're really different matches. And they're really a different style than I'm used to. And I think those are the matches that I think people will watch and go, oh, he's not just talking about it. He's actually incorporating in his matches and trying to do it. So those three, I think, are definitely three that I would look out for. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I I think they either just posted the YouTube, the Mysterious Q match. Yeah, that one just came up. Yep. Okay, so I saw that one, and then uh, I, I saw some people talking uh, positive feedback about your match with Effie. So yes, that is another great one. Too. I loved my match with Effie. He's another one who, like, if I just can have a minute to put him over, he is he's uh, he's essentially like changing the game on how to be an independent wrestler. The mm-hmm. way he goes about it, the way he talks about it, the things he does, he is just if. Him and Dan Housen, people need to follow. If you're a young wrestler and you're trying to get over on the indies, Effie and Dan Housen are the two people. They've used their social media to just get themselves over without having to sign to a major wrestling company. And I think that is incredible. It's just awesome. And I just, I think the world of Effie, I think he's incredibly talented. And I think people should follow him and really, he's setting the blueprint of how to, how to be successful in independent wrestling. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Dan Housen, obviously, you can see in Ring yeah. of Honor currently. Uh, Effie's everywhere else. So everywhere. That's what I was saying. He's the uh, Grand Marshal at the, the, I think, the Gay Pride Parade in Tampa, which yeah. is awesome. It, is it this weekend? or it, uh, Yeah, May 22nd. It's tomorrow. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's a really cool honor. Check that out. Um, it really is. It's awesome. Uh, uh, hopefully, the next time we get to see you, well, uh, you know, July 11th, I don't know how the tapings are set up, but that, that was the big news for Ring of Honor this week. Best in the world fans are coming back. Um, so excited. I, I, I think that's probably going to be my first show back. I haven't been to anything yet. Oh, nice. So let me know if it is, please do. I will. I'm going to try to make it down there. Um, I, I hope it's everything that people hope it is because being home for a year, you can understand professionally and family related you know you kind of butt each other butt heads with each other so oh just a little just a little but this woman loves me to death she won't ever admit that she doesn't like me (laughs) the whole time she's been here the whole time (laughs) we're heading off to lunch after this oh okay uh (laughs) all right uh i will let you guys go uh Similar to how you w- wished me off the last time and told me to go enjoy my free time. I, I hope you guys do the same. Um, yeah, th- this was a lot of fun. Um, I'll, I'll let you know about July 11th or whatnot. But Yeah, please do, dude. Maybe we can meet up and, and chat. In the meantime, I will uh, share this. Uh, enjoy lunch. Have a good weekend, guys. Thanks, dude. Enjoy that uh, baby sleeping. Get that free time. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Take care, dude. Bye.